Happy Sabbath. Happy Sabbath. I've never been here before. It's a lovely church. I've seen it alongside the road. Uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a carpenter. Construction all my life. Retired now. Uh, but I built houses up here. Uh, never did come here, but I was I was in the area. Uh, I've been in Texarkana about 28 years. Uh, I'm the husband of one wife. My wife wouldn't want it any other way, and believe me, I couldn't handle it any other way. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, we have one son, and and uh, I have to stop and count every time. I think it's five daughters and uh, 15 grandkids. We're busy. Uh, what we like to do, my wife and I, uh, is give out books. Now, I brought a case of books. I wouldn't do anything otherwise. Uh, even when I preach at my church, I give out books. Uh, these are, I wish I'd brought one up here. It's called Salvation uh, by Danny Shelton. Uh, the ministry that we do for Texarkana, uh, I can't say it's it's our ministry. It's what we do. This is what the book looked like. Uh, salvation. Now, you take all that you want. That, that package has 250 of them in it, I believe. Take all you want, hand them out. Uh, we were in Mount Pleasant this year, handing out books. Loved it. We loved it. Uh, I just want to tell you that. We just really enjoyed Mount Pleasant this year. Uh, before COVID hit... Uh, let me back up. 18 years ago, Texarkana Church was doing nothing. My wife and I tried to do things and get things started. And uh, finally, something hit and an idea came. Well, go to the fair. But I read a quote I've never been able to find from Miss White. It said, to reach the people, you have to go where the people are. Where are the people at? They're at fairs like that in different different places like that. And so I said, that's where we need to go. I was talking to another brother, and uh, he said, I'll go with you. So we come up with this idea and, and went to the four states fair and uh, started handing out books. Had a little booth there. They had a big old tent and... And in that tent and handing out books, we enjoyed it. And uh, I was personal ministries leader. And, uh, and then things happened in my life. And, and I gave that up. and Somebody else took it over. Well, I thought they might continue with the fair since how we'd been doing it for about nine or ten years. No. Uh, they had no passion for that. I found out they really didn't have any passion for handing out literature. Uh, gave them opportunities, and, and nothing happened. Well, it come for election time. And I'm talking to everyone here. There's something that you can do. Amen. And uh, my wife come to me, and she says, I'm bothered. The Lord seems to be telling me that I need to take personal ministries. 
And uh, she says, I won't do it unless you say you will help me. I said, okay. I thought, uh, easy job helping. Wrong. Wrong. Not when my wife's involved. Uh, it, it's, it's not easy. So anyway, we were doing four states fair. She said, let's, let's go back to doing this. I said, okay. Sounds great. So we did. My job is to load the van, set up the tent, put the books out, and then help give them out. Now, I love that part. I was a a literature evangelist for for a while, and and handing out books is just second nature, it seems like. And then my wife said, hey, I've got another fair that she found I want to go do. And then, hey, I've got another fair. Let's go do it. This become a full-time job, and I'm working full-time. And uh, we were doing it, just loving it. And uh, this is where we put our money into. We'd buy the books and, and everything, and a few people would help and donate some money. And then my wife, before COVID hit, had found 12 fairs we went to. That's at least one a month, if you figure it that way. But they're all during the summer. <laughs> Maybe early spring and, and beginning of fall. It's 12 fairs. How are we going to cover this? The Lord has a plan for your life. He had a plan for my wife's and mine. Somebody decided they would buy our books. What books do you want? And so they would buy books. And they would just, literally, just all of a sudden, hey, come to my office. I've got 14 cases of books for you. What are they? Oh, I don't, a little of this, a little of that. Well, that's kind of where this come from. And, and uh, somebody told me, said, uh, Danny Shelton has wrote 10 little small booklets. And uh, we can get them. Real cheap. All they got to do is... Uh, I don't know, 50 cents or something, or just pay for the postage. He said, come to my office. I've got 20-some cases of just three books. That was the first three he'd written. And then somebody else come along and said, hey, where can you meet me? I've ordered some books, and, and I've got them in my car, and I need to get them out of there. And so that happened this year. And these are these books. So... All of a sudden, we got a phone call that said, can you meet me at the church? Why, yeah, why? Well, I've got some books that I ordered for you. I thought, okay, more books. We've got an area that's almost as large as the sanctuary here in books. With a little aisle up and down that you can go into and... We know pretty much what's there. Books and magazines, too. So we go to the church to unload books. And uh, we'd told this donor that, yeah, this is, it's, a, it's kind of a magazine. It is a magazine. And, and a thin like this book. And, and uh, Daniel and Revelation. You may have seen it or heard it or got one. And people are taking them left and right. You can't keep them. And so we go to unload books. 
and it's over 15,000 books. Yeah. It's twice the size of this aisle, stacked, let's see, this high from here to the wall. What are you going to do with that many books? And they not books you can send back. And they're not the little magazines he had them special printed because this was what we wanted. Or he thought anyway, we'd have took anything. And besides that, in another closet, we have 40 boxes of 100 of the same, but it's the magazine. And yes, we have a lot of these now. But that's not all we have. So every year about this time we go through between now and the first year and see what we have and we order different books. We tell the the donor what kind of books we like and he gets them. Uh, We give them out. The Lord does it, not us. We want to give all the glory to God because what happens at these fairs is crazy. Uh, Even our we don't believe it sometimes, and we're sitting there watching it. The Hope Watermelon Festival. Have you heard of the Hope Watermelon Festival? Lots of people come. Lots of people come. We've sat there for three years in a row. And we sat there, and we see the rain clouds coming. And we sat there, and we pray. And we saw the rain coming, and it part. And go around us. Yeah. Guess what happened at Mount Pleasant? I'm not going to let you guess. I'm going to tell you. <laughs> not knowing what we was going to meet or what we've never been here or going to be, we set up two tents. First time we ever set up two tents. One with English, one with Spanish. We thought, well, we don't know what to expect. Had to bring more books on the English side. Spanish, they, we only had so many. Another person was supplying all of that. And believe me, they had a lot. They handed out every one of theirs. I wouldn't have believed it. We handed out all of ours and we brought more. I wouldn't have believed it. I've seen it before, but I've never seen it The people want this. They were actually wanting it. They would come and stand and talk to us, a table between us, for 30 minutes. And talk about God. I've seen it before, but we never dreamed it was going to be like that here. When we went home, we hardly had any books to take home. Just guessing, when we started this... Uh, we would kind of estimate of how many pieces of literature went out. So we've gotten good. We know how many boxes we've handed out and about what was in the box. They say on the side there's 42 or 100 or 28. I give. I, I can imagine what I can see and tell. We gave away about five or 6,000 books at the fair. I've been talking with your pastor. And uh, he says, wow. And uh, 
We didn't know. We go with one thought. And the thought is, if we give out one piece of literature and one person comes to God, that was enough. Jesus would have done that, wouldn't he? He would have given his life for one person, and that would have been enough. We're waiting to see what's going to happen. We've been doing this for over 18 years now. I don't know how many pieces of literature we've given out. In Texacana, four states fair, we run completely out of literature. We had to go to other churches, Adventist churches that had any literature, and get their literature so we could have to give out. Now, I'm telling you, we have a lot of literature. We've always had a lot of literature. We've always had enough. Maybe just barely, but we give out everything we had, and we were scraping. Primary treasures, I don't know. Who's in primary treasures department here? Primary teachers. They'd been keeping the primary treasures they didn't hand out, and they had a stack of them. We were giving them out to adults. They'd take them. People are thirsty for God right now. Now is the time. This is the last generation. I really believe that. That's what Dennis believes. I I believe that I'm seeing that. We have a work to do as Seventh-day Adventists, and that is to spread this gospel. Our job is not to force it on anyone. We don't force any literature on anyone. We stand here, and you'll just have to see how it operates sometime. We give a call. I like to think it's that certain call. But uh, we say free books and magazines. That's it. And people will come. We give away a a little packet that's got a little kid's uh, Bible story in it. And we'll... We'll give to the children, and it'll bring the parent. We've had two young boys. How old are you, son? Nine. Nine? About his age. Maybe one was about 12 then, his brother. And at the Hope Watermelon Festival, uh, we were, because of COVID, we were stuck out in Wright Field. Uh, Is there anyone that even goes to Wright Field? One guy usually, right? And he goes out there and he sits. He doesn't do anything in right field much. Well, that's kind of where we were. And then that day that we went there, 22 vendors had canceled. They weren't coming. Guess what was around us? Pretty much the open field. We thought, is anyone going to come? And yes, they did kind of see us and walk by. Those two young boys I want to talk about that was there, they would take that little baggie, it's in a sandwich bag, and take it and run over here and see the kids and say, here, can, can you have a children's story? And they would take it. And they would bring back the adults. And it would take books, magazines. We didn't do it. God did it. The children are going to tell the story, folks, if you'll let them. Here at this fair, 
the same thing. We had children that done the very same thing. What's interesting sometimes, I get, I get bored standing back here, and, and uh, we'll take turns doing this. We have people, we invite anyone that wants to come. We had a lady in a wheelchair come this year that I want to learn. She's a new lady. My wife had been given her Bible studies, and she's to be baptized the first of next month. And uh, she came in the wheelchair and, you know, just wanting to watch. And I said, Chris Ann, it's your turn after she watched. Oh, I, I'm watching, I'm learning. I said, well, hurry up and learn. It's your turn. We'd been there two hours. And there's not much to it, folks. Anyone can do it. Just sit there and hand out a book. And I want to tell you how easy it is to hand out a book. Because after she was, everybody would step back and they said, it's time for us to go do something else. They'd go to the bathroom or, or whatever, get something to eat or drink or whatever. And she was up there all by herself behind the table. Scared, just like I am when I came here today. I prayed today that you wouldn't burn me at the stake. I'm scared. I've been been preaching since about 77, and I get scared when I go to a church, even my own, to preach. I'm not a preacher. I'm a servant of God. And she was handing out a few, and I said, can I suggest something? I gave her a suggestion. She'd done that. Wow. Things changed, and she enjoyed it. Then the ladies came back, and and the people, and they filled in and helped her. And she moved her, she's on a, a little three-wheel cart or something like that, and she automa- uh, rolled it back down here and stood at the end. Now, the table's over here, and she's set it standing or sitting here on this little cart here at the end of the table. And uh, I said, try this. Just take this magazine and hold it out. Guess what people do? They take it. They take it. The last night we was there, I thought, well, I'm, we were wanting to go, and we still had some literature, and I like to give out all the literature because that way I don't have to pack it up and then unpack it. And so I did it also, and I just stood there, and I just held it out when somebody walked by. And most of the time they took it. Didn't say a word. Didn't look them in the eye. I didn't have to be afraid of them because they were walking on and I just, and they grabbed it. That's kind of like we do in the world. We just reach out and grab anything that's shining. Well, God's word is shining. It's shining in this time right now. People want to know what's going on. Let's pray. Father God, as we open your word, I pray that you would guide us and direct us through this word to know what you want for us in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. But people are taking it. Well, this sermon has kind of been around a little bit and beat the bush and changed 50,000 times. I don't preach about anything that I'm not studying. So this is my own personal study that I'm going to share with you, and that's it. This this whole thing got started 
with something I read out of Desire of Ages. Desire of Ages 686, matter of fact. It says, with the issue of the conflict before him, Christ so was filled with dread for separation from God. That puzzled me. That bothered me. I'm out giving out books, and then I'm reading uh, words like this. That Christ's soul was filled with dread for separation from God. I want to know Jesus so close that I can't ever do without him. And I want to be so close that he would miss me if I wasn't there. It's amazing, like these fairs that we go to. And this year, as I was going to tell you, I sat behind the fair a lot. We had plenty of people that wanted to stand out there and, and do what we do. The Spanish, we had some Spanish. Most of them, they were from Dangerfield. And they had not done this before, and they wanted, was wanting to learn. So we were teaching them. And... They caught on. And pretty soon I said to the lady, I said, what are you saying? She's saying it in Spanish. She wasn't saying free magazines and books. I said, what are you saying? She's saying life, hope, Christ here. People were coming, getting the books. I don't know if they understood her. I'm hoping they did. They looked like they were mostly Hispanic. But people were coming. And guess what they were taking? They were taking the Spanish books. And they were taking the English books. Guess what books the Spanish run out of first? Who wants to guess? Anybody? No. You would have thought that. Great controversy. Great controversy. That book was written especially for this time. If you haven't read it, you need to read it. And then reread it. I talked to a fellow in the church one day and he said, yeah, I read that book a long time ago. I said, you read it once? He said, yeah. I've read it. I read it at least every year once if not more. We have to know who we are. Do you know who we are? Well, right here in the book of Revelation, chapter 3, I found these words in verse 18. And you know all of this. I'm not going to tell you anything new or different. It says here in verse 18, it says, I cancel you to buy from me gold refined in fire, that you may be rich and white raiment, that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. And anoint your eyes with the eye salve that you may see. That describes a redeemed person. Do you ever think of it that way? Those people that have those things, the gold, the white raiment, and the eye salve, are redeemed. 
Should the church have those things in it today? Yes. Now, how do you get that gold that's tried in the fire? You know, I've thought about it. I've seen them uh, smelter metals and make things. I've even done it myself. But gold I've never worked with. But after reading and studying, I find that that gold can only stand, like most metals, just so much heat before it ruins. And the one that is working the gold, you have to know when it's stood all the heat that it can and take it out of the fire. And it'd be pure. And be pure. Well, God knows exactly how much we can stand. And He'll take us out of the fire. We can be purified. But then this question still comes back to me about Christ that His soul was filled with dread of separation from God. He's taking my sins at this time upon him. In the Garden of Gethsemane, that's where this is found. He's taking my sins, your sins, upon him at this time. The sins of anyone that wants to give them to him. He's taking the sins of the world. And by taking those sins, he's feeling the separation from him and God. Up to this time, he had never been separated from God. Here on earth for three and a half years, he had been so close to God, no separation. He heard God. He would talk to God. Same things we can do if we'll listen, if we'll surrender fully and die to self. We keep wanting to hang on to self. Jesus, before the foundations of the world... He got together with God in a meeting three different times to talk about this salvation. To talk about what would happen if sin would come into the universe. And they come to the conclusion. Jesus said, I will take it, Father. He said, I will be the sin offering. And he said... I won't do anything of my own, even though I have the power to do it all. I won't do anything of my own. As this sin offering, I will do only what you ask. Only what you ask. Are we willing to do that? God says, I love you so much, I gave my son. Let's read it, John. The book of John, chapter 3. I'd like to start with with verse 14. It says, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. Verse 16, you know it. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, 
that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that he would through him might be saved. Jesus come to save us. And here in the Garden of Gethsemane, he's doing that work. He felt his soul being filled with dread of separation from God. Do you feel, do I feel that dread of separation from God? Have you ever even asked you the question, asked yourself the question? When I read and study, I ask myself all the hard questions because I'm not studying for anyone else but for Dennis. For my salvation, I want to know Christ so close I can't do without him. So we need to ask ourselves the hard question. Am I willing to give up everything for Jesus? Now, what is everything? It's everything. There's no trick in that word. It's everything. Again, Matthew 6:24, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and Mammon. I love our Sabbath school class today. I wasn't ready for for a video, but the video fit just perfectly. Just perfectly. Are you willing to give everything to God? Are you willing to go homeless and be homeless for Jesus? Are you willing to do without these nice threads? To buy everything you own from goodwill? Are you willing, if someone comes to you and they're in help, just turn over and hand them your full wallet and not... In your mind, think, oh, I'm doing some good work for Jesus. Look at me. Are you willing to do that? Or no, you can, you can have this. No, not that 20. Here, here's your five. Here's your five. You know, spend it wisely now. Don't, don't. Jesus says, I give you everything. Are we not willing to give somebody else everything? Jesus says we're supposed to feed whom? Those that are full. No. We're, we're supposed to clothe those that are, are already got enough clothing. Put them in a house that's already got holes in it and, and everything. Or invite them into your house. It should be nice. Nice. 
Jesus wants us to be saved. And he says, looky, I've got ten little rules. Just to help you along the way if you lose the way. He says, don't have any other gods before me. Yeah. Is that hard? It is. In a world setting like this, it's hard not to have another god. It could be the TV, the VCR, could be the music, it could be the job, it could be the bank account, could be having all the toys. Anybody in here named Jones? Could be like keeping up with the Joneses. I hope there's nobody in here by the name of Jones. And then he, he says, you shall not make of yourself any graven image. Do we do that? Do we make a graven image of God? Oh, I got me a trophy up here. Sit up here, look at that. See? I got that. Yeah. Yeah. I thought of how everybody could uh, wash their hands, you know, after they go to the bathroom and, and stay six foot apart. I, I'm just pulling that out of the air. You know, get a trophy for that. I get a trophy for, you know, putting a pencil sharpener at everybody's desk. Get a trophy for a baseball winning, softball, soccer, volleyball. All my toys, I put them on display for people to see. Yeah, I got a four-wheeler. It really goes... No. Graven image. He says, you shall not take the Lord God, the Lord your God in vain, His name. Have you ever done that? Don't answer. You think to your own self. Are we still doing that today? Are we still... I don't want to go there. Remember the Sabbath. You know what it says. Remember the Sabbath day. Sometimes, and I know of these people, they, they go out here and, and on Friday they take their ox... And they put it in a ditch out here and tie it there so they can, oh, my ox is in the ditch. I can go get it out and do that on the Sabbath. We do that. We're in this world today. This world is corrupt. It has no love for Christ. But yet we want to be part of the world. We're willing to break The Sabbath command in little things. In little things. Yes, it sounds like I'm being picky, but God's picky. God's going to look at all of this. And he says, honor your father and mother. Mine's passed away. I hope I honored them beforehand. I hope I keep them honored even after they're passed away. But we have young children that need to know that. If we adults aren't acting proper, we're not showing them how to honor. Years ago, everybody in the church 
If you wasn't a mother or father, the children called them aunts and uncles. Are you a proper aunt or uncle? I had an uncle nobody wanted us to go see. Later on, I found out why. And I agree. We should honor our fathers and mothers. You shall not murder. I remember reading somewhere that said if you think even in your head, it's murder. How many today have murdered somebody? Yesterday? All week long? Have you assassinated anybody's character with gossip? Ooh. We don't like to talk about that. The Bible does. But we don't like to go and read about it. Spirit of Prophecy does. But we don't want to read about it. Because it comes close to home. On the job site, do you ever talk about, don't raise your hand, talk about your workers or those you have to work with or assassinate the boss's character or the secretary's character or that person at the gas station that's so ugly or you went to the grocery store and you bought groceries and assassinated their character because they had a bad day and you got caught up in it. You should not commit adultery. Ladies, if there's one thing, I'm a man, I know, we need your help. In how you dress and how you act to keep our minds running in the right direction. And because I have five daughters, I understand that they think, this, the women think the same way as men. I didn't think that at first, but I, I believe it because of my daughters. So... Men, we need to act accordingly, like a man should. Not like a worldly man, but like a godly man. She'll not steal. We think we got that one down, don't we? I didn't steal that baby Ruth. Now, sent my son to do it. <laughs> we got paid... Uh, too much return money when we bought groceries or bought something through the drive-thru. Eh, it's only a buck fifty. Let me keep it. I tell you what worried me so much. I have a very bad habit of when you go to a restaurant and you go through to serve yourself. You got that fork and that spoon and that napkin there that you got to pick up with your plate. And you got to fumble with it the whole time you're trying to fill your plate up. That's why God made pockets. Put them right there. No problem. I walked out of, of this Chinese restaurant, and I had a spoon. I found out later on. And that bothered me till I got that spoon give back. Well, it's just a spoon. And it's a restaurant. They got thousands of them. Bothered me. Tell you what bothers me more is whenever a friend of mine, he'd borrowed somebody's chainsaw, he said, ah, it's okay. It doesn't matter how you treat it. It's mine now. I said, oh, how's that? Well, I said, I borrowed it 10 years ago. He said, they don't even know I got it now. Are we keeping things that's not ours? If you're a boss, own a business, do you shortchange your employees? 
on hours, on money. If you sold a business, have you held back from your partner what is his? I hope not. Or have you overcharged somebody? I know a fellow one time that uh, he had a fireplace built. And this guy, he's really good at building fireplaces. And he built a beautiful rock fireplace. He got it done and he said, here's my bill. And he handed it to the owner and the homeowner said, I ain't paying you. That'd make you mad. I'm in the construction field. I understand what he could have felt. He said, that's okay. I thought, who could say that? And he left. Well, the homeowner went to build a fire in his fireplace and he got it all in there and lit it and all the black smoke come rolling out in his living room. Who did he call? That contractor that he didn't pay and told him about it. And the contractor said, well, I can fix that for you if you'll pay me in cash. I don't want a check. I don't want a credit card. I want cash. He said, okay. Come fix it. So he went down there and he said, uh, I'll come to fix it. He said, well, get it done. He said, no, you pay me now. And so he paid him. The contractor walked up the ladder on the roof and he took a rock with him. And he went up there to that fireplace and he dropped the rock. And you heard it and it was glass that broke. He said, it'll work now. What he had done was partway up that flue, he had laid a piece of glass in there. Nothing could go up because that glass blocked it. All he'd done was break it and the hole was open. He had anticipated this because why? The character of the guy he was building it for was well known in the community. How was your character? How is the... Seventh-day Adventist Church in Mount Pleasant represented. They see each one's character. They watch you. They watch the church. Are you doing things that is breaking the Ten Commandments? Are you coveting somebody else's stuff? Trying to keep up with the Joneses. Somebody else's wife. What's going on in your life that's keeping you from giving 100% of your life to Christ? Oh, I've heard it said before. You heard it said as you read the Scriptures. Before Gethsemane, they were at a place in an upper room and they were doing foot washing. At the foot washing that was going on. And even before they got to the foot washing, the disciples were arguing and fighting amongst themselves. Who's going to be the best? I'm going to sit on the right hand, me and my brother. They were arguing and fighting over that. That's not important. I've seen it and heard of it before in churches that, yeah, I'm going to be head elder this year. And then I've heard of and I hope this is not here. I don't want to stomp feet or toes or make muddy water. But I heard that the treasurer wouldn't give her her job up in one 
one church. She'd been doing it for 38 years, and and they wanted somebody else to do it, and she refused to turn the books over. I hope we're not so petty that we're doing things like that. Jesus was willing to do all that God asked. He said, he said, my soul was filled with dread of separation from God. And he went to Gethsemane. And at Gethsemane, he was feeling the sins that God was laying upon his shoulders. And he fell prostrate to the ground. And after a while, he cried out. He cried out, if this cup can be taken away, I wish it would. But if it can't, I'll accept your will, Father. Are we willing to accept God's will? Are we willing to accept God's will? Christ went through that three different times. And each time He said, Oh my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Yet even now He added, Nevertheless, not as I will, but as Thou will. Are we willing to surrender everything we've got our pride, our selfishness, our goals in life to be what God wants us to be. We're Seventh-day Adventist Church. We're the last hope for the world of giving this message. And yet we want to contain the message. This Spanish church that was with us up here had been with us three times this year at affairs. And I learned so many things at uh, the fairs from people. <coughs> he come to our house and asked us, could he go with us? He belongs to the Seventh-day Adventist Spanish Church in Texarkana. And he said, my pastor, they got a new pastor. And he said he was walking in the church and what's in that room? And we opened the door and he says, we're not doing God honor. Now, I'm not trying to condemn anybody. He said, we're not doing God honor. Look at all of those books, and they've been there for years, because look at the dust on them. He said, you're keeping God's word from somebody. We need to get rid of those. Guess what? We got rid of them. Three fairs. Most of them went here at Mount Pleasant Fair. The last day that he was here, that we were here, he was on the phone talking to the church and told them we're completely out of literature. What are we going to do? He said, you need to have a meeting. And they get together uh, Sabbath afternoon and do something with the children. He said, you need to have a meeting because... We've got more fairs we're going to go to, and we don't have any literature. They voted to buy more literature. 
They're a small number, just like you all here are. There's not but 25 of them. At the second fair we were at was at New Boston. And there was probably, I'm going to say there was probably almost 20 of them that came and handed out literature. Different times through the day. I want to tell you what happened between the Seventh-day Adventists there at that fair. They was four people, two and two. And this first two, they'd had disagreements, hadn't spoken, but hi. That was about it. That was healed at that time. (laughs) There was another two elders in the church. They had a relationship that was ripping apart. And I got to see these relationships healed. And they sat there and they talked. And their relationship was healed. You see, God wants to heal the relationships in the church. He wants to get this church right because He has something for us to do. And we seem to put it on the back burner because we're so busy working for that other God that we put in our, in our household. God says, I have something for my church to do. That's us. That's all of us in here. He says, I have something for us to do. You know what that is? He says, I want you to be, first of all, surrendered to me. We, we forget what the term repentance means. It means to turn around and go the other way. We're so hooked into the world, God says, repent, turn around and go and do what's right. God says what's right, keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. It's just to show God that you love him. Not to show the world, it's to show God. And then he says, I have something else for you to do. And it's scary He says, I want to give you something that is really going to try you and scare you. I want you to go tell somebody. That's scary. I want to tell somebody my inner thoughts about God. I've not seen anybody that falls in love with God not want to talk about Him. Somewhere along the line after we got baptized... And when that new, new love wore off, we decided not to talk about that love no more. We'd rather talk about the love of, oh, I love deer hunting. Oh, I love fishing. Oh, I love riding my motorcycle in the mud. Oh, I love cannon. I love canning too. I love to grow a garden. We can talk about hours about other things. 
But to talk about God, we seem to forget. He came and took our sins and died on a cross for us. He says, go, do what's right, love me, and tell somebody about that love. God's asking you to do that today. Let's pray. Dear Father God, you're so loving and kind. You love us so much. And Lord, I ask you would forgive us because we love the world too much. I ask you would come into our hearts, God, to our minds and deal with us and show us our sins. I know sometimes we're afraid to say that. Show us our sins because we already know what they are. We try to hide them from you, Lord. Help us to give those sins to you. Help us to do what the work you have for us is. Spread your gospel. And then go home with you. Because that marriage feast, that marriage feast, after we all get to heaven, and you're going to be right there with us, we want to partake of. So help us, Lord. Send thy Holy Spirit with fire. Guide us, direct us, and teach us. And help us to put our feet walking in your path toward you. In Jesus' name, amen.